Well, it's that time of the week again. It's time for Chit Chat Across the Pond. This is episode number 704 for November 7th, 2021, and I'm your host, Allison Sheridan. This week, I'm pleased to have Chris Ashley and Rod Simmons on the show. Now, you may remember them or know them from the SMR podcast they do with Rob Dunwood, or you may remember them from their frequent appearances on Chit Chat Across the Pond to talk tech. Now, they're joining me today to talk about their brand new podcast, Barbecue and Tech. And I've also asked Steve, the husband, to join us because he's really enjoying what the guys are teaching while I am simply the beneficiary in the whole eating part. Welcome to the show, gentlemen. Oh, thank you so much. What an intro. Did you practice that? I, well, it's 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 writ up. That's the end of the agenda, though, Chris. <laughs> As it should be. And you call him the husband. I call him the protege. Oh, that's high we, praise. We did see those ribs you put together, and they look quite delicious. So um, you took... You took a little bit of uh, a couple a couple hours with Chris and his techniques and stuff like that, and you perfected it. So you can't argue with that. <laughs> yeah, he's done. Well, he's got it. He's got yeah, it nailed. It's over with. I, yeah. I think I have a few more uh, steps to go here, but uh, not quite at Chris's level. But I, it has been fun learning and and getting first time never barbecued ribs in the first time out. They turned out, you know, a couple notches below below Chris, but still tasty and tender. Really good. Yeah, yeah problem. Fantastic. You know the problem with that level of success, right? Yeah, because the second time we're not quite as good. So we'll get that's exactly the problem. (laughs) Yeah, that's what happened. It's like he went golfing, golfed it, got got a hole in one, and then the next day he couldn't do anything. (laughs) And you don't know why. And you're like, then the rest of your the rest of your cooking time, you're trying to get back to where you felt you were. And it's probably just because, well, these are the best ribs you've ever made. So then now I know what the best were you've ever made. And I start comparing everything to the memory of that. Does the memory get better and better? <laughs> it does. <laughs> it does. You, you start mythologizing it. Like but I, the, the I remember golf I passed was, out after I took a bite. <laughs> <laughs> golf was a perfect analogy, right? Because you yeah. can play 18 holes like trash, but there's one shot that you hit that took off low, it rolls up high, and then it starts to fade into the fairway, and it rolls on the ground, and you just like, I can do it. And then the rest of the time, you're like, I, you'll never hit another shot like that for the rest of the time you're out there. <laughs> How As did I do it? <laughs> you're right. Then <laughs> you start I, like, oh, man, did, did I actually do it? <laughs> I do want to take this opportunity to publicly thank you, Chris, for that fantastic barbecue session. That, where you introduced us oh. to your barbecue. Well, back back up, September. Steve, and ex- explain how that happened, Steve. So so Allison and I visited you all in September, I think it was, visited Chris and Rod and and uh, Rob Dunwood joined us as well. But I think um, the highlight was the barbecue that uh, Chris pulled together. And he just filled that smoker, totally filled it with ribs and chicken and pulled pork and brisket and i think he threw a salmon in there yeah that was for rod yeah and that and that turned out so good and thank you rod for hosting us at at your house meeting all your family that i think the best part of the whole trip was meeting all your family members and finally meeting you in person chris well thank you thank you that was uh, first off thanks for trusting me to provide some food for you because you know to me breaking bread with somebody is the ultimate and, uh, you know, you got to have a trust there to eat because I go to potlucks, I go to cookouts I get, and I'm like, mm, I'm going to eat what I made and I might try something somebody else made. You know what I mean? <laughs> so there has to be that trust there. 
and uh it, we had a blast uh you know we talked about it a little bit before but it, i still think about it. it was like man what a great time we had i look back at the pictures i mean in fact i used the picture uh of the of the whole spread for the you know, barbecue and tech website because it's just such an awesome picture and an awesome memory so uh, yeah my pleasure and then the fact that uh we parlayed that into you know let me see if i can teach steve how to make ribs and other stuff from three thousand miles across the you know, the country and yes. i was just absorbing every minute watching what you were doing i don't know if i remembered it all but I was taking mental notes and I picked up a lot of good pointers. And I think that's what helped with that first go round, plus a lot of coaching over uh, chat as as I was preparing the ribs. So and thank it's you fun for, that. for me. Yeah, when we were there in person, Steve just was all over uh, Chris and, and just absorbing everything he was teaching as he was smoking. I was hanging out with Rob, just chewing the fat, waiting for the food to come out. <laughs> At one point, I almost stuck my head in the smoker, but I decided that wouldn't be a good idea. <laughs> I opened the smoker and his eyes got big. I was like, uh-oh, I'm going to have to protect him. <laughs> and it is a huge, I mean, that, that smoker you have is a coffin, but I will say for me, it was the best thing is, uh, I think Allison, you po- you sent a picture on our chat that we all have together of myself, you, and Rob when we first met. I, what conference was that? I don't remember the conference. It was it was probably Blog World Expo, is what I'm guessing. Yeah, from yeah, ten but, years I mean, ago. Yeah, mm. and it's you know I've talked about you and Steve a number of times to my wife, like oh when I'm in LA on business, like I'm gonna go by or I'm gonna go by and have dinner with them, and then I'm heading to the airport, or I'm gonna see them when I come in, and then I'm gonna head down to the area where I was working. Um, and that she, you hear the name over the years. And when I told her that you guys were coming to town, it was, it was nice. Cause she could finally put name to face and know like, and it's, even if you see somebody, a photo of somebody online, when they post something, it's, it's different when you finally get to sit in the same room with them and meet, meet people. So, uh, it was really good. I, yeah, I definitely, definitely enjoyed it. Same yeah. for my wife. Yeah. Same for my wife. Yeah. That was, it was, I really liked meeting all the kids too. Yeah, there's a chance I could even recite the names of all of Chris's kids, or Rod's kids, but uh, I'd get a couple of mixed we up. We won't try it here. Yeah, don't worry. They all start with A, so it makes it a little easier for you. That's the, that's the one secret. <laughs> well, so uh, backing up to the, this whole idea of having this barbecue and tech show, you guys have been barbecuing together forever, and I want to hear how, how you guys got started doing it, but I also want to understand, just what do you mean when you say barbecue? Because I don't think you mean what I always meant when I say barbecue. Barbecue to me was Steve goes out in the back and he throws some chicken on the barbecue, fires it up, cooks it in 10 minutes, and walks back in the door. That's not yes. what you're talking about. No, so and I should probably be a bit more careful when I when I do this because you know clearly you you have an audience that spans the world and it doesn't mean the same for everybody so but when I say barbecue that is a low and slow cook process uh, of food over it with indirect heat uh, so when you grill food the the number one thing you get out of it is a direct heat to the meat or to whatever you're grilling so that it actually creates a searing on the outside, um, which tends to lock in the juices if it's a meat or just create a crust on the outside of whatever you're cooking, which you know enhances the cooking experience. That charring actually is a, a good flavor that a lot of people like, uh, which you know people don't even will eat a burger and not recognize why they like the burger so much, right? Because it's just a nice crusting charring on the outside. Then you have the, you know, then the seasoning kicks in, then the the fat from the meat kicks in and you're just like, oh, wow, this is a great experience when I bite into it. And that's the grilling uh, for us. 
And then for barbecuing, it's an indirect heat. It's a slow cook process, you have multiple hours, um, and the heat source is not directly over the food because obviously you, if it was, you would burn it before it got to that point. So that's when, when we talk about barbecue, that's what we actually, that's what we mean, um, and most folks in the United States mean uh, when we talk about barbecue. So that's I always a, fun. Oh, good. Uh, I had a question about that. Is smoking the same then and then as barbecuing? Yeah, yeah. Those two you can use more interchangeably smoking food and okay when you smoke it it's indirect and that's why one of the things we pointed out is you can smoke you can create smoked food on your grill you just use one side of it you know and you you know you turn off the the heat source on that side and you turn the heat source on on the other side and it's still indirect i have a comment about that we'll come back to what were you Mm -hmm. gonna say rud no no, go for it Uh, it's funny because when uh he went down the same pathway i said Often we'll refer to it as uh, smoked food, but the problem you run into is when people are like, smoking food? Like, I don't understand this because they're thinking like, (laughs) you smoke cigars, you smoke cigarettes, (laughs) you don't smoke food. And so then you go to barbecue and it's the the, the typical thing you run into. And it's not a hard, fast rule because someone says, well, you can you can grill chicken. You can put chicken on a grill, slather with barbecue sauce or just season it, cook it and be done in 10, 15, 20 minutes, whatever your time frame is. You can also take chicken and put it on the smoker low and slow, maybe take an hour plus to cook it and get a slightly different, but it's still an amazing result. But I think typically when we're barbecuing or slow cooking food, it's often food that requires a little bit more time for uh, components of the meat to break down. Um, ribs are a good example of that. Uh, pork shoulders, another classic example of that. And brisket is another fantastic example of that. But I know Chris has smoked a burger before he, he made the, um, what is it? The Mac and cheese burger. Uh, so it, it's not always a hard and fast of it has to have this like connective tissue that needs to break down because you, you can smoke something as simple as a burger. Yeah. But you were going to so, ask a question, Steve, go for it. Um, yeah, so this gets this gets a little bit into the equipment that you're using, and I know Chris, you've got a pretty high end smoker which weighs what two tons? <laughs> Half a ton? Half a six hundred pounds? It's, slightly it's a big device. It's uh, I think you know I'm not clearly at that level where I'd go out and invest in that, but I wanted Allison's um, listeners to know you don't have to to start. You don't have to go out and buy something like that to to get some decent results and. Case in point, Chris walked me through using my regular Weber barbecue, three burner grill with a, a high top cover and walked me through how to get the slow cook uh, flavor and and juices and so forth with a traditional barbecue. And it's it, it takes more work, maybe that maybe a little more work uh, or finessing than a than a smoker does. But it's you can still get decent results. Yeah, so like anything else, you, if it's not designed for that, but you can figure out a way to get it done, you it's just a little bit of initial setup uh, to do it. And I think what you're pointing out is the basis of why we are having so much fun doing this new podcast because you know so much content that exists out there is geared around either the super professional or you have the the competitor guy that is uh well you know you can do this at home, but everything they talk about is at the competitive level. And so for me, um, it'd be fun to compete in a barbecue contest, but I enjoy smoking food for friends, smoking food at home. 
And uh, I was like, you know, why not have a conversation around the folks that are like me that are, are that backyard pit master? You're the pit master of your own backyard. <laughs> and, you you know, so why not help folks step their levels up at home and then in, enjoy what they're doing there? And what no matter what, because Rod and I did not start out with the smokers that we have today. Um, and we you much like uh, you're doing, Steve, or you described, we just used a regular grill. And then from there, we just bought like a cheap. $70 smoker. Um, so, Chris, you mentioned, um, you know, starting out, if you're going to, if you want to slow cook, you want indirect heat. So if you got a three burner grill, you can light one gr- burner on one side, keep it low temp, put the food on the other side. You don't have direct heat, but, and that worked fine when I had one rack of ribs, which was my first go round with barbecue mm-hmm. with your guidance. Then I got three racks for a, a dune watch party. <laughs> And I no longer have an open spot where, you know, I, I have to use one of the grills or one of the burners under one of those slabs of ribs. So what I ended up doing is, <laughs> Allison may not have liked this, but I got a couple cookie sheets and put them on top of the burners. And these were, you know, high temp cookie. These are really um they can Destroyed handle cookie sheets. Keep can going. we re- can well, we refer to these as formally known as cookie sheets? And I have cookie sheets on my now, on my Christmas list. They are now indirect heating covers. You know, for my barbecue. <laughs> and that's awesome that you did that because here's the reality: if you look at one of the top smokers out there and wanted a very expensive, what we call Komodo or ceramic smoker, that's the big green egg, very popular smoker. But their heat source is literally directly under the food. But how do they make it indirect? They have what's called a plate setter, which is a ceramic plate that sits above the charcoal so that the heat goes around that plate and then circulates up around through the rest of the smoker. So what you did is exactly what this at the largest size $1,500 smoker does. Now, not that Allison wants to hear this about her cookie sheets, how she could have saved them. Um, you, you like sometimes you can take like uh, they sell like racks that uh, almost like clip onto your rack to give you like another elevated level above one rack. So you you buy one that's a quarter or half what your current rack is. You kind of clip it onto your rack. You put one rack of ribs or two racks below and one rack above or two racks above so you can get oh. four racks in there and you're stacking them to one side of your grill. So you, you can find oh. things that can ha- kind of give you that ability to do the elevated stack. But again, you're looking, you you dealt with what you had, but for there are probably people there who have like a $30 Weber kettle smoker that uses like charcoal and you can do good barbecue because you can either put the meat dead center and kind of put the charcoal in a ring all the way on the outside mm-hmm. or just shove the charcoal to one side and then, and cook on the other side. But it's what most people do. Yeah. It's impromptu yeah. on how, how you want to go about, uh, uh getting what you just, want. We should just limit the number of guests so that we only need two racks of ribs. Cause you could have the heat on in the middle one. Right. Cause he's got a three burner. There you go. That, I want to do works. like five or six racks now. Uh oh. <laughs> now you're on I'm the Christmas do it, <laughs> And that, that's the challenge you run into is I, I'd say, um, you can start with anything um, from an equipment standpoint, like a smoker. Like you don't have to go super high end. But what we've been doing on the show is trying to share techniques, whether it be, you know, you know, removing the um, uh, the membrane from your ribs, which I, I think you. I don't know if you got to see Chris do that. We did a short YouTube video that showed Chris showing removing the membrane, um, or how to remove some of the extra fat beneath the skin on a chicken thigh so that you can get chicken thighs that are almost like competition style. But each one of those techniques like that, that doesn't take 
a four thousand dollar smoker, you know, one takes like the a knife and the other one takes uh, the back of a spoon. And, but you can do these cool things. So yeah. what, what and, is the what is the tech angle of barbecue and tech? What is it? What is that? So if you watch like these uh, early on the barbecue pit master shows, all the shows were about the smoker and the process. But as the show started to go on, you started seeing people incorporate different technologies uh, to their smokers to help make better barbecue. And the reality is that's where we're at today. And I think it's one of the reasons, it's the main reason why pellet smokers are so popular because it's a new technology around smoking food and um, it makes it easier to do certain aspects of it. You're lighting it and keeping maintaining temperature. Super could easy you, on a... Could you redefine a pellet smoker for... Yes. Yeah, sure. So um, there, there are many different types of smokers and the fuel that they use. Charcoal is probably what you would expect. And then you, some of them just use straight wood, um, you know, with a different species, hickory, you know, peach, whatever, pecan, whatever. Um, but the pellet smoker, actually what they do is they take the wood species and they make little pellets out of it. Um, there's a machine that kind of just grinds out these pellets and then they use those pellets as the fuel. So they have on the side of the smoker what they call a hopper. And you just basically dump that bag of pellets into the hopper. The hopper spins and rotates and pushes the uh, pellets. There's an auger that moves the pellets from the hopper into the, uh, a little lighter, a little flame that's inside. And then based on the temperature you set on the smoker, it'll, you know, the fan will blow faster or lower to raise the temperature or lower the temperature. The auger will feed faster to keep the pellets going. And um, what they do is they'll just take different, they'll make those pellets out of different wood species. Um, that's the one way. The other way is they actually take, uh, I think it's alder wood, make pellets out of it, and then they'll soak them in the oil from the wood species hmm. that, that, they, that they say are. So it'll be hickory. And then you read the bag and it says alder wood with hickory oil. You know what I mean? Hmm. So it's just another way. It's an easier way. They got super popular because one of the main things of smoking food is fighting the temp, you know, fighting the temperature and maintaining temperature. Um, yeah. You know, if it goes down too low, you're going to throw off your cook time, could potentially dry out your food. It gets too hot. You're going to throw off your cook time, potentially ruin the, the final outcome of your food so that was the biggest challenge i had with the barbecue yeah so, so the funny thing is uh if you live if you're probably living up north of all of us in canada you're probably like what you're describing sounds like a heating source for my house like many people have <laughs> um pellet heaters where they take like a hundred pound bag of pellets I, I mean i was doing i was going with with friends who have pellet heaters in their house they they dump it in they turn it on and it's like it's like a, it's like a like a like a regular stove that you would heat a house with yeah. and they just dump a bag of pellets in and that might last all week um it's but it's the same core fundamental Does it get concept. really smoky inside when you do that no uh, no no not at all it burns the smoke's burns, on the uh, outside yeah, yeah smoke's on the outside <laughs> burns nice and clean but it's a super efficient way to cook as well as a super efficient way for like heating a house so it's the same core technology and concepts yeah so so when, so when you look Sorry, let me just, let me jump in for a sec. I, I yeah. just wanted to say it seems like one of the tricks of this show is is threading the needle between telling people they need to buy a two ton, twelve thousand uh, dollar smoker that takes up your entire backyard, and uh, versus telling people, okay, with what you've got, here's how you can do it. And then uh, the middle piece of that is, if you buy this, 
it's going to be stupid. <laughs> so don't mm-hmm. don't take that particular step. I've heard you talk about, a, you know, this kind of barbecue. You're just going to return that in three months. So don't even go down that path. So you, you've kind of got a delicate balance between those things. Yeah. And when you when you talk to folks that are getting into smoking food or already in it, um, the reality is they're always trying to find ways to do it better. And so if we come across a piece of technology that makes smoking food better, we like to talk about it. We like to spread the word. Um, you know, I have a three hundred and fifty dollar controller that I use to control the temperature on my smoker. Now, you buy a smoker and you spend a couple thousand dollars on a smoker. You don't want to spend another three fifty, you know, for a device that controls the temperature. But when you realize how much better it makes the process and easier it makes the process, it's a no brainer at that point. Right. Um, I recently hey, invested. I was going to say, Chris, what's really funny about the the temperature gauge when we used to watch barbecue pitmaster you remember how those guys who were using the digiq to manage the, they were getting railed they were just uh, i mean the the older head uh pitmasters would give those guys the biggest bunch of crap you know they'd just be like oh you guys suck and blah 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 you know you're you're, you're cooking you're in an oven <laughs> you're, you're, yeah you just might as well just use an oven and all this stuff but these guys would always produce great barbecue. Why? Because they could worry about other nuances, um, you know, getting their presentation right, getting the sides right, getting everything else right. You don't have to worry about the temperature, you know, but you better make sure you learn your smoker. And it's the biggest tip I tell people that go down the path of using more technology for their smoking is learn your, learn your, 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 your device first. Because inevitably, it's going to fail you. At some point, you're going to have a power outage. Uh, your battery's going to run out. It's going to break. Um, something's going to happen. And then if you don't know how to control the temperature of your smoker beforehand, then you're going to be in a world of hurt, especially if you're like trying to put on Thanksgiving dinner. It's not like you can just run out and start all over again. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so uh, so let, learn your devices first. So understand well, putting out these different texts is what we what we like to do. Do do I need to like start changing my investment strategies for Steve to be able to afford to listen to your show? Or are you going to be able to help him do things without me redesigning my entire backyard for all the smoker equipment he's going to want? Well, no, he already I, has. I think uh, we're going to move Steve along nice and easy. And I think he'll be just fine because the reality is, you know, it's just the two of you guys. And if you have a couple of friends over, I don't know if you're ever going to do the massive things that I've put on. You know, I've smoked as much as eight whole chickens at the same time. You we know, don't I'm have smoked. enough friends to eat as much food as you <laughs> made that one night. You know, just, yeah, that big, you know, that was quite a bit of people. I mean, I definitely made more than we needed, but um, it was light work from, it was light work from my <laughs> smoker. It was nothing, you know, but I've put on tailgates with 20, 25 people showing up and we've given away food to people that are just walking by because they're like, oh my God, I've never seen anything like that. Oh, you so know, wait a minute. Know. So this is actually a way to make friends. Yeah, you get absolutely. more friends by by absolutely. by girl <laughs> by barbecue. Yeah, absolutely, I, I can't yeah. tell you how many times I've been to a I've set up a, at my tailgate and we put out all our stuff and I look next to me and there's a guy a guy and his you know family with this grill that's probably like uh, you know probably costs like eight dollars and it's like eight eight inches by eight inches and they're pulling out these burgers and they're throwing them on the grill that's like on the on the concrete or on the on this ground. And they're looking over at us and we've got like four six foot tables set up. We've got a grill <laughs> set up. We've got a caterade, which has a brisket, eight racks of ribs, pulled pork. And I'm just looking over like, 
you want some? <laughs> yeah. And his, as his mouth is watering. Right? He's like, realizing they, they did something wrong. And there's nothing worse. And you, everyone's been to somebody's house, whether it be barbecuing or grilling, where you you get to somebody's house and they're like going to make burgers. You don't have to call your friends out by name. But you walk in and literally they're standing in front of the grill with like this thing they got from Costco, pre-made burgers, and they're just immediately throwing them on the grill. And you're like, I know right then that's not for me. Because it's like, you didn't even season it. Like you just took it out of a Costco package. No Big seasoning? Sugar. No nothing? Yeah. <laughs> That's how you roll, huh? Now, if you if you made that burger yourself, then I can see that, right? But if you're just grabbing it right from Costco and throwing it on the grill. Well, now we need yeah. to talk about seasoning. So yeah. Chris, uh, Chris suggested some seasoning to Steve. What's the name of it? Rendezvous. One Rendezvous. Of my oh, Rendezvous. Yeah. Dub. Oh, you favorite. told my secret, man. Okay. Jeez, I, you know we're tight with you now. But hang I, on. You know how many people have asked me for that seasoning so, for let, years. Can I? No, can no, I no, no, what no. What happened here? No, I. <laughs> you, you get to? All right. Well, you're going you're gonna to say it wrong because it's. <laughs> so I don't like pepper at all under any circumstance. And I'm always telling Steve, don't pepper my food. I just don't like it. <laughs> so he gets this rendezvous stuff, well, this, this, this seasoning, this rub. The, the background is remember the first session of ribs was with barbecue sauce at the end to for the final flavoring. No pepper, very light pepper was involved in the yeah. whole process. So salt and pepper, it was light, light salt and pepper, and so, yeah, and barbecue sauce at the end. So what yeah. Alice is it talking about is the second barbecue session where I decided to do both. We're before the, the barbecue session. We're before that. So Chris tells we're, him to buy this stuff. So Steve gets it and he says, Hey, Chris says this stuff's great on popcorn. Now, I love popcorn. Oh. I, I eat popcorn, and I am not joking. I eat popcorn every single day, sometimes twice a day. I'm not joking. I make popcorn all the time. That's I true. love popcorn. Steve gives me one bite of this, and I had to go rinse my mouth out. I detested it so much. So what did he do this week after barbecuing with it? He put it on my vegetables. I had, <laughs> I had to go label. I put paper labels. I'll put a picture in the show notes. I put a paper label on, the, uh, on both bottles that said poison and drew a skull and crossbones on it. <laughs> now, to, now, so for folks to understand, Rendezvous is an extremely popular uh, barbecue restaurant in Memphis, Tennessee. I mean, Rod introduced me to them years ago, and I actually had the opportunity to finally eat there. And their rub is so popular that not only do, do they sell it everywhere, but they don't use sauce. They sell, they have sauce on the side that you can get, but they'll layer the ribs on it. They'll layer it on the ribs. They'll throw it. They'll smoke it with the ribs. Then they'll take the ribs out of the smoker, and then they'll layer some more on there, and then serve it with the. And then they'll put the seasoning on the table, and then when you order. Uh, like a large amount of uh, rub from them, they'll actually send it with pop packed with a bag of popcorn <laughs> and the popcorn is seasoned with the rub. That's how super popular and, and this rub is. Okay. But, so I, I'm not saying this is a bad rub. I'm saying as a husband, if your wife spits it out and has to wash her mouth out, don't later on put it on her vegetables. That's well, all I'm to saying. be fair, <laughs> to be fair, when I did the second round of ribs where half there were barbecue and half were rubbed, you like the rubbed ribs. I did. Right? I will confess I was, that. That was my last experience with you tasting the rub. So I said, maybe she, I'll sneak it onto the vegetables this next, but it was <laughs> right. vegetables by themselves, right? Not so good. <laughs> and I think what the, the important thing to point out with that is, so one of the things that I learned along the way is that uh, barbecue is 
not only is it subjective to the person that's eating it, but it's also regional. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what you would get in Texas as far as what they consider to be barbecue is completely different than what you would get in North Carolina and what oh. you would get in Kansas City. Uh, Kansas City is very heavy on the sauces, a lot of lot more brown sugar in their sauces, whereas North Carolina barbecue uh, or what they'll say Carolina style um, is more vinegar based, mustard based and vinegar based. Um, so they like that. Whereas Texas is really uh, there's two parts uh, where they're mostly just salt and pepper, no sauce whatsoever. And then you have the influence of a lot of the Latinos that are there. Um, so you see like a lot of cumin and, um, you know, southwestern flavors incorporated into some of the barbecue that you get from there. So, you know, so what you got was a Memphis, which was heavy on the seasoning. They do a, a bit of a sauce as well. So that region might not be for you. When it comes to ribs, you may just prefer more of a South uh, Texas style or maybe, a you know, so you have to go through these different regions and their different barbecues. And then once you find one, and that's what happened to me is, you know, I was just eating barbecue at first and like, I love barbecue. But once I started to realize the differences, now I know when it comes to pulled pork, I prefer that Carolina style that heavy, heavier on the vinegar um, when I when it comes to brisket. I've never put sauce on a brisket. It's all salt and pepper. But uh, my ribs, I can go back and forth between just salt and pepper or more of that Memphis style with the rub, that the rendezvous rub or the KC where, you know, we put a nice sweet uh, barbecue sauce on it. So that's that's one of the things that that's part of the journey uh, of going through this that that I really enjoy. And I think part of it is it is experimenting and going to different places because rendezvous just happened to be a place that I went to on a business trip. And I I distinctly remember sitting in the restaurant calling Chris and saying, dude, these ribs are ridiculous. I never forget it. <laughs> and I'm like, there's no, there's no sauce or anything on them. I'm, and so he's like, you got to find out if they sell the seasoning. So I think I bought like two things of the seasoning and brought back one for him, one for me. I can and ship you some there, more. Oh. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> from there, we've, we've ordered the seasoning. We order them by the case now. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. And at one point in time, you could only get it directly from their website or calling. He actually was calling the restaurant. And then they finally got a website that you could order from. And now yeah. you can get it right on Amazon. More about Yeah. So, uh, Rod, I know that um, if anybody's going to try to keep there to be any kind of an agenda whatsoever on the show, it's going to have to be you because this is not the way Chris rolls at all. Um, so one of my questions was, do you... Do you have a a view of how the show is going to roll out over time? Do you have like milestones? You know, by this time we we need to be teaching this or anything like that, or is it just going to be random fun? No, I, I, we try to we're trying to go over um, individual topics. Like Chris and I were talking, we were like, "Oh my gosh," because you know we're trying to do the show rather than like a weekly show, more episodic. Um, and then we realized that we had recorded episodes, but when we released, we're like, we're not going to have a Thanksgiving show. We must get in and record a special release for Thanksgiving. That was so, going to be one of my like, questions. <laughs> yep. Yeah, this this uh, probably this weekend, Chris and I are going to sit down and we're going to record us planning out our Thanksgiving preparation. So for this anybody who's exclusive, who subscribes to the show, yeah, yeah, this is exclusive because uh, I, I, you know, we timed the show. We had recorded a bunch of episodes and we were timing it. And I looked at it, the timing, and I was like, oh my God, we're our, we've done so many episodes that we're going to go past Thanksgiving. So I was like, you know, we got to insert put out one in. Yeah, yeah. Give us enough and, time to prep for that. Yeah. And another Ooh. exclusive shock the world. 
Rod and I are actually <laughs> planning the episodes. <laughs> amazing yeah we actually we do sit down we write we get show notes together so we kind of know what we're going to talk about the only resistance i have with chris is i was like let's talk about brisket he's like oh we got to save that and i'm like dude it's 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 just another meat like let's get into brisket let's have the conversation about it because if you watch if you watch any barbecue like um, on like YouTube, like anybody doing barbecue, like uh, Malcolm Reed or something like that, that you could probably go through his feed and see he's done ribs 26 times. Like we're not going to do one episode of brisket. We're probably going to do 20 episodes talking about brisket and, or so 20 okay episodes. Talking about early. Yeah. Let's talk about <laughs> yeah. brisket now. Brisket 101. Yeah. I, I protect it so much because it's a difficult thing to smoke and uh but you're never gonna get it unless you practice it so gotta fail fast man you, you, you yeah so i i just hesitate to and he, rod is right on this but i just hesitate on it so much because i'm like man it's you know you, you smoke something for 13 hours 12 hours 14 hours and you Strange. bite into it and you're like Ugh. like right it happened <laughs> to rod numerous times he was like yeah i don't understand i've had your brisket it's ridiculous i smoke a brisket it comes out terrible. And I'm just like, I, I don't know. You know, I'm giving you my exact process, everything. With exception know. four. <laughs> <laughs> what, is he leaving out some uh, key stuff there? Oh, of course. Oh, you're out. No, of course not. No. <laughs> it's like, I, I just, I can't wait till he calls and, and begs me for something. <laughs> I had, I had a friend, up. I had a friend who had a recipe for Kung Pao chicken and uh, she gave me the recipe and it said, uh, it said to take uh, the, uh, you know, roasted peanuts and get, get a pot of oil boiling and then roast them in there just until they turn brown and then bring them out and they'll finish browning as you take them out. And I drop the peanuts in, they just start to turn brown. I pull them out. And by the time I have pulled them out of the oil, they're black. I'm like, what? So I try it again. I try it again. I try it. It happens constantly. Oh, she just forgot to tell me it was by roasted peanuts or by raw peanuts and roast them. <laughs> I had roasted peanuts, which I was then roasting. And she's like, oh, my bad. I'm sorry, I forgot that. <laughs> Giggling like me. <laughs> yeah, so I have to. I have yeah. to ask something. You mentioned yep. a Thanksgiving episode, and yeah. and uh, Thanksgiving is coming up, yep. and I'm just hoping, I'm just praying that you might talk about a barbecue uh, smoked turkey. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Absolutely. Okay, good. Because that's what I want a little more advice on. I do. I have been barbecuing or slow cooking my turkey for the past several years, but I could use some more pointers. So I'm I'm going to lay out on this. So we're going to plan the menu. We're going to plan the timing a bit. So you guys and we, you know, our first episode was talking about how to plan for large cooks and stuff. But uh, definitely going to talking about uh, the prep of the uh, turkey in conjunction with the timing so that, you know, people get an idea of at least how to get started and, and how, how to prep the turkey and then smoke it. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun because uh, I take a lot of pride in my smoked turkey. It's a, good. And, yeah. Do you believe in brining? Yes. Yes. Okay, 100%. good. Good. Cause I actually never ate the turkey at Thanksgiving. I would put like two little pieces on my plate just to be polite every year for our entire lives until Steve started brining. And I was like, bring it on. Makes all yeah. the difference. It does make a huge difference in two ways. So, uh, one, it makes, it definitely adds a lot of moisture to the meat, but two, it, uh, can lighten the finished look of the skin, which is not like my mom. It's not appealing to my mom. Um, so, you know, so there is that, 
but it's not a bad thing. It's just something to know. You know, so mom was yeah. like, is that my mom was like, is that cooked? And I'm like, mom, <laughs> <laughs> when I give you raw turkey, <laughs> so I have a, I have a buddy who is, he's loves Thanksgiving. He's not from the U S and he's, he's going to remain nameless. Cause I'm talking bad about his wife right now for a second. <laughs> She is, uh, every year, like I will either, I'll show him my Turkey. I'll show him Chris's Turkey. Or when we do stuff together, he'll see all the turkeys. He's like, that skin just looks so like juicy and crisp skin. And I'm like, cause I, I know I'm pissing him off. Cause he's like, my wife loves to cook Turkey in a bag and it comes out soggy. So he's just <laughs> miserable. He literally hates her Turkey, but he's like, anytime I broach the subject of, can I smoke the Turkey? You don't like my turkey, and the waterworks oh, start. He's like, oh, I gotta eat awful turkey again. <laughs> trapped. <laughs> oh, you know, one time, um, you know, I have another buddy that I that I do Thanksgivings with, but this year, you know, every once in a while, Rod and I will do them together, and this year we're doing ours together, um, our families together. And um, I remember distinctly we had his father up uh, for one Thanksgiving, and he put the turkey on a plate, and he eats it, and, and later on, he's talking about it. He's like, you know, I, I just like my turkey dry, and I just like to put gravy on it. And I'm just like, I looked at him like, what? <laughs> I've just never heard anything like that. So, I guess people get trapped in their, uh, in the way they uh, just like their turkey. Or I gotta throw I gotta throw something in here. Uh, Allison mentioned that I've been um, barbecuing, uh, slow cooking the turkey in my barbecue for a while, and it's worked well because I, as I mentioned, my, I have one of those high top Weber yep. grills with it, so the turkey fits in nicely. And I tend to buy twenty five to thirty pound turkeys, big turkeys, and uh, so they take a while, but it's it's worth it. So then we get invited to my daughter and son in law's house for Thanksgiving last year. Was it a couple of year years before ago, we started doing it and, down there instead of here? Yeah, and I said, I'll tell you what, I'll I'll brine the turkey, I'll bring the turkey. I know you've got a barbecue, a Weber barbecue. We'll just do it up at your place, Nolan. And so Nolan and I get that get out there. He, you know, he's got it warmed up, heated up. I've got the turkey ready. We go to put it on the grill. I put the lid down and it doesn't close. Mm. It's the lid is not tall enough for oh, this by, turkey. By a lot, by like by three three, two or three inches. <laughs> So we ended up building a contraption out of foil and wood to surround the gap, if you will. But that means every time I have to open it to check things, I have to reconstruct this gap. Oh, my God. We're going to have to figure out what to do there. Ah, so. Smaller turkey. Well, I tell you what, I have my tip that I will do on that episode that might help you. With that. Okay, I won't be listening with uh, uh, bated breath. Wait, he's not going to tell us now. No, <laughs> nope. this, this is maybe a maybe, maybe off error so that we know b- by Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll give you my tip off air. Is it by, I, by I, Nolan I a new barbecue? barbecue? It? No, it's actually way simpler than that. And uh, oh, okay, yeah, uh, but uh, that's one of the main things I wanted to discuss uh, on on this particular special episode we're going to do because I, I, sure I what it is and I can't, and I was about to say something and I was like, now I can't say anything. Cause if I say it, he's going <laughs> to probably want to choke me next time he sees yeah. me. So you're going to mess up the teaser. No, it's a simple thing and I don't know why more people don't do it, but oh. uh, so we'll, I'll Good leave it at, at that. I'm glad I mentioned it. I will add to the listeners, the best thing about aside from the flavor um, of barbecuing a Turkey um, is that it clears up a lot of space in the oven. That you all of a sudden 100%. have much more room for all the other things you inevitably are cooking or baking 
laundry. But the house doesn't smell good. The house smells less. The outside smells great because you get that barbecue, <laughs> but it doesn't waft in as much. Maybe we should set up a fan and blow that smell. Into the house. <laughs> you know, oddly, the, the ribs did, though. I mean, all yeah. day long, I was smelling those ribs. And it was every time you opened the door, I was just like, oh, this. I mean, I was ready to eat them by about 10 a.m. Yeah, so the awesome part is you're right. You don't get that turkey smell throughout the day, but the sides, the stuffing, the candy yams that I make, um, the hash brown casserole side, mac and cheese, all of that gives you a nice aroma. But when the turkey comes inside and that smoked flavor uh, starts to permeate the rest, now you're talking. So it's more on the back end than throughout the day. Allison was um, with you and she saw, I saw you say hash brown casserole. She's like, let me write that one yes, down. Yes, I did. <laughs> send, send me that recipe right now. All right, we'll be talking some more. <laughs> yeah, there's going to be a sounds, bunch of off-air stuff here. Yeah. Sounds quite yeah. tasty. One yeah, of my top sides right there, yeah, hash brown casserole. Preparing, preparing the turkey outside, I think you got it right. It does free up because often you're, you're, the turkey is, it's not just taking up oven space, but it needs a specific temperature. It does take up a lot of room in that oven, and it takes it up for a number of hours. And once you're you're brining, the only thing about it is you have to backward plan. Like you have to say, I'm going to brine. I'm going to pull out of the brine at this time so it can drain for the next little bit so that it's ready to go on. And if you're if you're turkey if you fry turkeys, which is totally fine, we fr- refry turkeys for a number of years. Yep. Um, you absolutely need a good 24 hours of it being out of the brine to try to get yep. some of that water out of it because. Going into that hot, hot uh, liquid, not a pretty sight. If you, uh, if you have think everybody's seen enough videos of turkeys exploding and flying out of the fryers and stuff, <laughs> it's never happened to me. But I'm just, I, I don't understand how people can make that mistake. But uh, yeah, and I think that's one of the main reasons I switched to uh, smoking turkeys over front. I love a fried turkey. Don't make get anything twisted about this conversation. <laughs> I love fried turkey, um, but smoking. Smoking the turkey, I don't have to watch it as much. Um, I love smoke flavor, so there's nothing wrong, wrong with that. It, you know, it, it's both of them cook outside, so you, you know that's a tie. But I, I just enjoyed, uh, and because my family's Jamaican, and I tend to do a jerk for uh, smoked turkey, um, the flavor of the jerk seasoning lasts longer or permeates the meat better in the smoker mm. than it does in the fryer, right? Because as soon as it hits that oil, you, you lose some of the seasoning. And whereas in a smoker, it can, you know, really marinate and baste itself as it cooks. Yeah. But the challenge you, you equally run into is if you're, if you're doing fried turkey, you're not, you don't have like seven vats of oil. You usually have one. So if someone is using something with sweet, it tends to burn. If someone is using jerk, it tends to permeate. So then that taste goes throughout all the meat. So when you're smoking again, it's super easy. You you throw two or three turkeys on the smoker you keep going and you don't get this cross-pollination of taste but when you're when you're frying i mean you're you're yeah pretty bad there if it if you haven't gotten a picture of how big the smoker is when rod says you throw two or three turkeys in the smoker (laughs) and it's not full (laughs) not even close now i want to make sure i understand that i know there's one technique that you're really uh you're really a proponent proponent of and that's when you uh take chicken uh like chicken legs and you boil them and then put them on the barbecue right chris (laughs) that's how you get them to fall off the bone yeah, right. Ribs and chicken. We just we boil them for no. Oh my gosh. Uh, it, it that I, you know it's funny. I've definitely definitely have had 
boiled ribs and uh, where or had chicken where people boiled it first and then season it and put it on the grill. And, you know, once the barbecue sauce takes over, it masks a lot of the why you shouldn't do that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's a, that's a running joke on on our show, on our young show is that, uh, yeah, if you're, you're boiling ribs, you're, this show's probably not for you. And or gonna, maybe it is for you and you're learning, you're trying to get away from that. Yeah, we are going to try uh, in again, we, while we do, while we like to talk smoked food, we will get into, we do get into grilling. I think we did an episode purely on burgers, yes. um, which will be coming up oh. soon here. Or if it, yeah. that was a yeah, lot of fun. Coming up. But uh, we yeah. want to do sous vide as well. Oh. Yeah. So, so which will be a different thing because um, I've never done sous vide and uh, I've had it and it was excellent. I just never, it never appealed to me as something I wanted to get into just because I'm focused on trying to get better at smoking food. But uh, it is always something that kind of interests me because the process is much the same, right? You're slow Flip cooking it. something over a long period of time. And then it, you know, a lot of it is reverse searing at the end. So once it's done, then you put it on the grill. Um, and I have a buddy who is who I consider to be an expert at sous vide. And I uh, went to his house in Canada. He invited us to dinner and um, he made some fantastic uh, pork tenderloins um, with some jerk seasoning. Uh, a jerk rub on it. And uh, so I'm definitely going to have him on um, and we're going to talk sous vide and maybe I'll even buy a machine and just try to get into it. So it'll be a learning process for me and whoever else is considering it. He's like, well, I had to, you got a Canadian guy making jerk something <laughs> jerk flavored for Jamaican. So let me teach you how to do jerk. <laughs> well, let me tell you something too. That was one of the best jerk seasons I've ever had. And I, I was like, I need that. You know me. I, I need that recipe immediately, even though I'm not one to share recipes very much. Um, I'm trying to get better at it. And he graciously was like, dude, I just is something I found um, when I was uh, making a, some other dish he was making. And I've just kept it. And uh, from something there. I found in the deepest jungles of Jamaica. <laughs> <laughs> from there, I've, uh, you know, I've tweaked it quite a bit. I started growing my own scotch bonnet peppers, which is the crux of any jerk seasoning. That's spicy. Um, you know, and. Which, you know, Scotch Bonnet is, you know, it's just magic for food. It's so hot, but it tastes so good. It has a nice, unique uh, flavor to it. Well, I, think, uh, so, I think you just uh, answered what was going to be one of my last questions was, are you guys still learning yourselves? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Never stop learning. I think uh, one of the things Rod pointed out on the latest episode that dropped today when we we're talking about actually smoking ribs is uh, I, I'm such a... OCD guy that, uh, you know, I never feel like I've perfected. And that's why I kind of get annoyed or uh, offended sometimes when I see people ask me for recipes who I know aren't willing to put in the work that I put in mm. to get, get to that point. Right. Steve, I, you know, he's sitting here on my shoulder while I'm smoking. He's watching every nuance of me wrapping a rib and what I'm putting in the, in the foil. I'm like, this guy's into it. So I'm happy to share stuff with him because I know he's going to, you know, even maybe stumble across something that steps up the game. You Despite know? saying, look at that bird as he sprinkles something. <laughs> yeah. like, get that part. <laughs> Squirrel. What? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so, you know, I'm trying to get better at that and not think that way uh, and just help people. Because I'm always answering questions. People ask me all the time, hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? What do you think about this smoker, this seasoning, this rub? And um yeah, so I'm continuing learning. And honestly, I even, even though I smoke a brisket with the fat side up, 
which is a huge contention in the barbecue world. Do Hmm. you smoke brisket fat side up or fat side down? Um, And there's there's probably equal as to which way they smoke a brisket. And 50% Uh, of the people are wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I still will attempt. I'm a fat side up guy, but I will periodically smoke one fat side down because one of the top barbecue uh, competitors in the world is a fat side down guy. Yeah. And uh, like I think Chris said it well, you, he smokes, he's a fat side up guy. He smokes it fat side down. It's like a math equation. There's always a proof to validate your right with what you were doing. <laughs> and then he turns it right back up and smokes it fat side <laughs> up. So that's where you got to go. But yeah. it's, it's hard because it, I think it's, it's kind of like golf. Um, when you're smoking food is that at some point in time, uh, you're going to, you're going to make the best ribs like you did. And then sometimes it's just, it's not going to work out and you got to figure it out. So I'm going to stop talking because apparently this is not plugged into power. I don't know why it (laughs) fell out. So I'm grabbing to make sure my Mac does not die on me. So I'll be back in two seconds while you guys finish up two (laughs) seconds for me. (laughs) So let me, let me bring up something uh, back to the tech angle a little bit. Um, because you mentioned this briefly on your last episode of Barbecue and Tech, Chris, uh-huh. and that was um, a, a very important component to smoking is the temperature of the meat and the temperature of the environment around the meat. Yeah. Right. And that's almost that's critical. So thermometers, especially ones there, Rod is back. Um, thermometers to measure those temperatures are important. And you always tell us don't rely just on that built-in thermometer that's on the lid of your barbecue cover. So. I listened yeah. to that, and and um, even before this, Allison bought me the meter temperature monitoring system, and I love Damn, it. She loves you. M-E-A- I love it. And M-E-A-T-E-R. Yeah. That's love it's, right there. Yeah, and it's a four-temp a four probe system. Yeah. So it, it's cool because you the meter base unit ties to your home Wi-Fi, so it yep. communicates through Wi-Fi, and then the probes – which stick into the meat without any wires communicate to the base station via Bluetooth. So everything's wireless and you can be anywhere. And in fact, you don't even have to be in your house to monitor the temperature of your meat and the temp and the probe has, and in the, the pointy part of the probe is one of their, one of the sensors. And then outside the part that sticks out of the meat is the other sensor. So it's measuring both the ambient as well as the inside temperature of the meat. And that's just what you want, right? At 100%. And so let, let me break that down a little bit. So one of the most inaccurate things that you can ever look at when you're smoking food is the is the uh, temperature gauge on your cook device. Uh, it's it usually it's in the in the door. It's up high. And a lot of times in these uh, grills, the temperature higher is hotter. Right. As you would expect. And the temperature at the grate where the meat is, is what you need to know. Right. Because if you think the temperature is high. And because that's what the, the uh, gauge is telling you, and yet you're about 20 degrees lower at the food, you and then you're wondering why it's taking so long to finish. That's why, you know. So understanding the temperature at the grate is super important. B, of course, you want an accurate reading of the food. You want to be able to look at it over time, so you know what to expect. You know when you, your food is going to be ready, and that's the one thing. And for a person like me, I have four racks inside of my smoker. So I want to know that, you know, whatever, what the temperature is at something that's sitting at the top of the smoker and what the ambient temperature is around that so that I know 
what to expect when it'll be done. And same thing at the bottom where it tends to be hotter, especially right where the air is coming into the, to the cook chamber. Um, so I, and that's where I like to cook chicken at uh, a lot because that the heat is hotter and then it uh, can, can help crisp up the skin. And the meter does a great job of doing both. Uh, you know, I have a controller that has different, has a probe for the smoker to give me the temperature of the smoker, but it also then gives me the temperature of the meat. I can take different probes out of it, split them off and just give me up to four different meats, um, what the temperature is, but it never gave me the temperature at each meat that I'm cooking, which I find is awesome with the meter. Cause I just finally broke down and got one and just decided to test it out. And now I'm really happy, uh, with the, with the meter. Now I need to do before I'm all out recommending it, even though I, I would tell anybody that so far it's been great. I've used it a couple of times now. Um, the last thing I want to do is a huge, a huge cook. So I've only done like, you know, two racks and, um, <laughs> left it at that. I haven't cooked on all four racks yet, uh, at the same time. So that, so, so I think, think, uh-huh. One, one thing I was going to say is, um, so you can buy this meter thing as just one probe, or you can buy yep. the set of four. These are not cheap. It's 300 bucks for a set of these four. But I'm thinking about in the turkey now, we can have four probes in one turkey. That's sure. what I do. Yep, yeah. I use all and, four. And there's nothing wrong with that either, because the biggest problem, and I will drop this on, on this show, the biggest problem that people fight with a turkey is the fact that, and people may not even know this, that the white meat actually cooks faster than dark meat. So oh. that's why a lot of people are like, oh, wow, the breast is dry, so give me the leg because it's still juicy. And it's it has more fat in the leg, in the, in the bottom of the bird, and therefore it uh, takes longer to cook, but it remains juicier longer so you've had people do all kinds of techniques and you know to the point where sometimes they'll ice the top of the the breast so to keep the hmm. temperature lower so that they come up more even um they'll wrap it when you know, they'll wrap the top of the breast um to to kind of help they'll do they'll do everything they'll split a lot of chefs will split the the, the bird and and that way they can and then put it back together when it's done so they can cook at different times and temperatures. So wow. uh, there's all types of things that people do to fight fight that. So it's nothing wrong with taking a probe, putting it in the breast and then putting one in the thigh. Um, if you're doing just one, you always tempt the thigh because it takes longer to cook. Right. And you don't want to pull it out when the breast is done and the thigh is not. But nothing wrong with understanding what the temperature is of that bird at the breast level and at the thigh level. Yeah, yeah. I think the, the meter it's it is a great uh, device, and I mean, I think about all the different probes I've had over time because of going in and out of the smoker. You have a a lead wire that's going in, and as you opening and closing the door over time, those probes just go off. And the problem is when you're Thanksgiving Day, Christmas Day, or some big holiday, and you're getting ready to go cook, and then you go to the probes don't go bad in the middle of a cook. They always go bad. The moment you plug it in, you're like, why is the ambient temperature right before I go in here reading 180 degrees or reading like 32 degrees? And I know it is like 70 degrees or 75 degrees yeah. in this room. So you're like, I got a bad probe. I got another bad one. And then you're just now you're you. It's not like they're interchangeable. So now it's like I got to buy a whole new unit. So the thing that I like, well, you like the most the about device. the meter. Yeah, it depends on the device. The thing that's nice about the meter is that you uh, they're all wireless. Yeah. So you're not really worried about you know, a cable, if you will, going bad on you. And the cable, and the cables are gross to clean too. I hated cleaning the cables <laughs> they, on the eye grill. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah the meat know, is super easy to clean. Yeah. What I found surprising is that you get a decent signal apparently out of a closed barbecue. It's a metal box, yet I can still get Bluetooth from that. Well, Bluetooth and and well, Bluetooth from the from this probe from the thermometer yes. into the base unit. That and, was my apprehension from the start. So I'm a I agree with you 100% on that. I my apprehension to getting the meter was the fact that my smoker closes like a gun safe. Yeah. It when that thing closes, it's like chunk. It looks like a gun safe. Yeah. And so <laughs> I was like, how is Bluetooth gonna get out of that thing and into but it worked. Yeah. It worked great. And I was like, okay, we're all in after that point. After I tested it and put the uh meter next to it, because that was step two was being able to connect to it uh, remotely and understand that stuff. And then the step three um, was okay. You know, I'm in the house. I can see the temperature. But now, what if I leave the house? Can I see the temps and stuff? Uh, and that works flawlessly. And then the final thing, which was the bonus, was it does a really good job of calculating when the meat potentially will be done. I am shocked at how well mm-hmm. it does. Because it, because yep. when you pu- first pull it off, it's not going to f- have finished yet. Well, well no, not even that. It's just like when you put the meat in, you set the temp. So I did some beef ribs uh, a couple of days ago and I put the probe, I probed them and then I said, okay, um, the temperature I want these beef ribs to be done at is a 195. And it said, okay, it'll be done in four hours. And I'm telling you, if it wasn't spot on at four hours and it was like 19 minutes oh, left wow. and then 10 minutes left, five minutes left. And then it beeped in five minutes and said, they're hitting 195. I mean, it was wow. phenomenal. I think what it's doing, it's got an AI algorithm or something, and it's looking at the slope of the temperature increase over time, and it's constantly adjusting when is that slope going to hit the done temperature. Yeah. And and feeding that back and constantly updating. But even predicting it up front, it sounds like it was pretty accurate too. And knowing how hot it has to get, it just extrapolates that and adjusts the extrapolation based on the current temps. I got to say, we got to talk to the meter people though and find out how they did that Bluetooth thing. And then please ask them to tell everybody else who makes Bluetooth devices (laughs) to use whatever they (laughs) used. Oh my God, yes. Because, you know, I hate Bluetooth as a technology. It's still terrible, but they they, they got it right. Whatever they did with Bluetooth, they got it right. Yeah. And I will say, like, I know you use the Flame Boss uh, as well in conjunction. And while the meter is fantastic for telling you ambient air temperature, it's fantastic for telling you um, food temperature. If your ambient te- temperature is low and you're away from home, with that DigiQ, or sorry, the meat, the um, Flame Boss Chris has, he can now go in and control a smoker, drop more, tell it to open up a little bit more, bring the heat up. I mean, it's just oh, th- that's it, the three hundred and fifty dollars thing that goes with his smoker. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He they, can do that remotely. He can do yeah. all of that remotely, and that that's, that's nice. where you you're stepping your game up because if you're doing a a long smoke of like a um, a brisket or a pork shoulder, and you're I gotta go watch my daughter play soccer. Well, being able to be away and say all right, that it's getting a little cool. I mean, you've had where you had to call back home and ask your wife to go out and say what's going on because like something gets stuck in the hopper and she can make an adjustment or you have the nightmare of why like it's it's a backup because you're getting the ambient temperature from the meter and then you have your other probe and he's opened up the the gun safe if you will a number of times where the the temperature gauge that he has has fallen out so it's now oh. in, it's in, now in regular air. You close it and it's like, I'm trying to heat it up. It's not warming up because it's getting yeah. normal air temperature. And I just wasn't paying attention. 
and I was cleaning it and I didn't clip it on properly. So it kind of just dropped out of the smoker and I just closed it and walked away and wasn't paying attention. And so it's like, oh, the smoker is only at 80 degrees. So it's cranked the fan up to 100 percent. And by the time I look at the smoker, it's like at 350 degrees. I'm like, what the heck is going on? And I'm like, oh, there's the probe down there. Okay, awesome. You know, so. Yeah, so you have to close everything down and bring the temperature. Down. It's it's fine to undershoot your temperature a little bit. It's a pain when you overshoot your temp. Yeah, because those things are so good at holding heat. I mean, bringing it down, like oh, it is a it's a battle. It's rough, and you know, you're basically choking it off for the next you know hour or so until the charcoal starts to burn out a little bit. Now hey. I will warn one. Th- oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, yeah, we'll warn one thing for anybody who's getting started with this and they're going to use like a Weber or like any type of basic grill. The oh, wait, we lost Rod. Hang on, Rod. We're we're losing you. Maybe he's back on Wi-Fi. Oh, there we go. It's, it's, All right, yeah, I'm back. Yeah, yeah, start yeah that thought you over. guys never moved. Am I so back? Big. Yeah, you're back. All right. Yeah, the only thing I was going to say is if you're doing anything um, and when you're smoking uh, and you're using like a Weber kettle or something that has a very thin wall, try to avoid doing it on a super cold day or rainy day because you will battle temperatures 10 times more. Like try to get yourself, if it's going to be cool, just not like, you know, close to zero. And if it's going to be rainy, let it drizzle, not torrential downpour, just because it's going to constantly be cooling. And you're, it, Chris is la- he's laughing because he knows we live through this. And yeah. it's just, it's one word of advice. And it's, we're, we're laughing put it under because, an umbrella and go. We're laughing because it hasn't rained here since n- 1972. So uh, <laughs> not a problem for us. Hey, you guys, I hate to do this. I'm going to cut you off. I know everybody would love to keep listening, but this was supposed to be a teaser show to get people to go over and uh, listen to Barbecue and Tech. And I believe it's at bbqandtech.com. Is that right? That's 100% right. Got it. All right. And uh, probably BBQ and Tech on Twitter. Yep. All right. Uh, this is this has been fantastic. Uh, Rod, thank you so much for coming. Glad we could fit it thank into you. your schedule. I know you're tough to schedule. And Chris, <laughs> thanks so much for coming. I, I appreciate you being here for this. You know, it's my pleasure. Yeah. Check us out, barbecueandtech.com. Then, you know, we're having a blast and the show's growing pretty rapidly. So I'm pretty excited. All right. Do you really appreciate it, guys. And please don't hang up. Because <laughs> lots of recipes after, after this, this. All right. and that and I also good. want to thank your star pupil Steve for being on the show. <laughs> My pleasure. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Chit Chat Across the Pond. Did you notice there weren't any ads in the show? That's because this show is not ad supported. It's supported by you. If you learned something, or maybe you were just entertained, consider contributing to the Podfeet Podcast. You can do that by going over to podfeet.com and look for the big red button that says support the show. When you click that button, you're going to find different ways to contribute. If you like to do a one-time donation, you can click the PayPal button. If you want to make a recurring contribution, click the weekly Patreon button. Or another way to contribute is to record a listener contribution. It's a great way to help the NoSillaCastaways learn from you. If you want to contact me for any reason, you can email me at allison at podfeet.com and you can follow me on Twitter at podfeet. Maybe you want to talk to other NoSilla castaways. There's two great places to do that. You can do that in our Slack group at podfeet.com slash Slack, or you can join our Facebook group at podfeet.com slash Facebook. Thanks for listening and stay subscribed.